We would like to thank your sponsor, Valley First, a division of First West Credit Union and a member-owned financial cooperative serving the Okanagan, Similkameen, and Thompson regions. They offer a wide range of banking and investment services for individuals and families. Valley First also has a talented business and commercial team to provide the expertise, products, and services local businesses need to grow and thrive. Hello everyone and welcome to Business Matters presented by Valley First, the division of First West Credit Union. My name is Rob Capella, I'm Chief Strategy Officer at Now Media Group. Today we welcome Andrew Greer to Business Matters. Andrew, thank you for joining me this morning. Thanks for having me. Pleasure to be here. No problem. Andrew is a Managing Director of Purple, which I found out stands for Purposeful People, which is very clever. Clever. That's awesome. Um, and this is a mouthful. A community enterprise accelerator that helps social entrepreneurs build sustainable business models. I got it out. So it's, we'll, we'll, we'll dissect what that means uh, over the, the next uh, 20 minutes or so. So, so I, I'd like to start there, Andrew, actually. We'll jump around a little bit. But for people that are not familiar, they're like, what is Purple? Like, I've never heard of this. So can you tell us a little bit about who and what Purple is? Yeah, um, we really work at the intersection of system issues like climate change, racial justice, poverty, economic inequity, Indigenous relationships, that sort of thing. And what we're trying to do is contribute to and build positive solutions to the root causes of systemic issues like that and build a just regenerative economy. And the way we do that really is through helping organizations and people build sustainable business models that support like long-term sustainable social impact models. Interesting. So I'm curious, if you take us back, like how did this come together? Like you were having dinner or coffee, driving somewhere and go, I'm going to do this. Like how did, how did that all come together? Uh, there were a few pieces that kind of brought it together. Um, I have for a long time wanted and tried to do something about climate change. It feels like a really heavy issue. And personally, you feel like, you know, pretty overwhelmed, to be honest, or I do. Right. And uh, so I, I kept running into barriers of, you know, the organizations and people you work with are, are faced with unsustainable revenue models. So no matter how much good they want to do, they still need a way to fund it. And right. that's very common, whether it's climate change, gender equity, poverty, kind of range of social issues kind of all face that financial model problem. And I was working in the tech sector uh, prior to starting Purple, and we were running brilliant mentorship programs uh, in the Okanagan and beyond to support tech entrepreneurs growing sustainable companies. Right. And I, I, I wanted to see if we could do that, but add in more social impact and work with a little different set of entrepreneurs to provide the coaching and support to help them grow sustainable organizations that so help solve system problems. Interesting, but it's not just, you've mentioned sort of funding, but Purple, you don't just offer funding, right? They're just, I assume there's coaching, there's like, yeah, we don't offer funding. We okay. we offer coaching and collaboration to to help other leaders grow those organizations. 
Right. And we'll so talk we about hire, funding element because there is a funding element we'll talk about today as well, correct? Yeah, we will. Yeah. Got it. Got and it. it okay. I guess it turned out like it was, it turns out a lot of people want to do good. They want to have purpose in their life. They want to have purpose in their business, their organization, their nonprofit. And they, they want that balance of financial sustainability and long-term real social impact because you know, writing a little sponsorship check here and there as a business owner is cool, but it's not really changing the system problem or the reason why you need to write checks and reason why you need to give back. And so there's a lot of people that want to not just give back. They want that impact baked in right in the core of the organization. And that's really where we work. Interesting. So how, how do you, like when we say a social, a social entrepreneur, and you've mentioned sort of, you know, the type of companies you work with, but I'm curious, like who qualifies for that? What type of client, what kind, what type of organization are you working with? And is it, is it nonprofit? Is it for-profit? Is it a mix of both? Yeah, it's a mix. So the, I would say the movement around social impact or social purpose is, is becoming very, very big. Um, a third of startups now globally have social impact baked into the core of their operations. Um, the sector in Canada, the numbers are a little hard to read, but Canada has the second largest nonprofit economy in the world. It, it powers about 8% of our national GDP, which is as large as mining oil and gas combined. Right. Um, and in Canada, sort of another lens of kind of the movement around social purpose is in our retirement portfolios. Now about 60%, a little more than 60% of assets under management are, have, a, they go through a responsible investing or an ESG lens. Um, and that, that's like $3 trillion of assets under management. Oh. So there's a lot of people that want this purpose baked in. Right. And we have been working a lot with nonprofits. Um, uh, with definitely, we're seeing increased interest from for-profit organizations that want to go beyond traditional corporate social responsibility or, or traditional giving back and really want to make sure purpose and social impact are, are really central to the core of their organization. And lots of women. We have about 70% of the people we work with our women wow interesting and do you work with just within the region or how far reaching are you with 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 the type of organizations that you're working we we got our start here in the okanagan yeah. and have lots of work here in the okanagan and and lots of team members um but we're working well beyond the okanagan into uh lower mainland uh all around bc really up north uh into alberta ontario and we have a geographically dispersed team as well as organizations that we work with. Interesting. And how are organizations, like how are they finding you? Like, it, like how, how does the organization, because I suspect that some of them might not even know that you exist. Like, so how, how are they finding you? And then the second part of that question is, is there a qualification process I need to go through in order to meet this criteria that you might have to say, yes, you, you check the boxes that we're going to be, we can work with you? Um. Most of it is word of mouth, honestly, okay. and okay. or referrals and relationships. That's where people are. That's how we sort of do our marketing. Right. Uh, we're not very good at traditional marketing. <laughs> uh, 
and there's there's limited criteria but really uh you need to be coachable or we're willing to be coached because that's really what we do uh, right. so if you if you don't want to be coached then you know don't sign up for coaching Fair uh, <laughs> and, and other than that really you need to be uh focused on impact first um, or or a desire to get there so this isn't like uh uh it's easy to pick on an oil company right, um, right. you know extracting physically extracting resources and then you know a, a corporate social responsibility program over here um uh, we need to have like sort of social impact uh, built in a little deeper than that. Um, that said, there are some energy companies who are truly trying to make a switch. Um, and there's others that aren't. Interesting. So how, how do you gauge, I'm curious, like if someone says the word, like, you know, you said impact first, uh, how do you gauge or how do you know if the company's truly moving in that direction? Is, is there, I mean, you've just been doing it long enough that, you, you know, you can, you can, I, I guess I'm trying to, can you cut through the BS and say, okay, you can say you want to be here, but you truly are not moving in the direction of being there. Right. So how, how, do, you, how do you cross that line and, and, and walk along that line to make sure they're actually moving in that direction properly? Yeah. So w with a nonprofit, it's pretty easy. Impact yeah. kind of yeah. has to be baked in. So right. uh, as, as a first priority, right. With a for-profit organization, it's a little bit more about intention. You know, we, we could have a, there is a, a brewery out on the Sunshine Coast called Persephone. Yeah. And are you familiar with it? Yeah. Yeah. Okay, great. So mm -hmm. they won, I think in 2017 or 18, they won a national award as a social enterprise of the year. Mm -hmm. They're a, they're a for-profit brewery. Right. Um, but really sort of deep in the core and culture of the organization is they employ people with barriers to employment. They have a farm that they grow a bunch of the produce. They use the leftover waste from their brewing process to make chicken feed and sell it locally. They run a, a produce program uh, on the farm. Like th there's lots of impact that surrounds the core of the brewery. Right. So nearly any company could take initiative to do that stuff. And it's just a case of kind of where you're at in that journey. Some are a little further along, but it's really about it, the intention. Interesting. Is there, you just mentioned this, this client, I'm curious, is there um, a client or a project that really stands out for you? Is there something that really sort of, as you think back of the organizations you've worked with, is there a few that really stand out for you? Oh yeah, there's, there's lots. Um, <laughs> one that is a favorite of course, is a charity called uh, Indigenize. They have a social enterprise brand called Kinshift. And really what they do with that social enterprise uh, initiative is to help settlers build relationships with Indigenous people in place. Mm. And it's kind of like a reverse capitalism situation where settlers pay indigenous people for the learning. Right. And it's a really nice uh, con now consistent revenue stream. They run 
workshops and trainings to help people learn how to build reciprocal relationships. And that helps to build revenue for their charity. Interesting. And where so are they located? Uh, they're much of the team is based down in Penticton and Carameas. Oh, okay. Um, so that's a really great charity example. And some other examples on the kind of for-profit side, uh, in Kamloops, there's an organization or company called Friendly Composting. Mm. And it's a composting company as well as uh, they do food delivery of like local homegrown, like uh, farm grown food. And they have a deep environmental commitment uh, embedded in what they do. That's why they started their company, but it's a for-profit company. And we've been really helping them sort of understand and analyze their financial model or pricing model, that sort of thing. and really help them ensure that that environmental impact is financially sustainable. Mm, interesting. Interesting. Very neat. So I'm curious, actually, how, how I should ask earlier, how is the coaching delivered? Is it one-on-one? -on -one? Do you have like workshops you do where multiple businesses come in? Is it a little bit of both? How is that, how is that coaching delivered to these organizations? Yeah. So we hire um, what we call entrepreneurs and residents. Mm -hmm. And these are people who have experience in building and leading organizations um, and they deliver one-on-one -on -one coaching okay. to typically the the leader or owner of the organization okay. and that's that's really how it's done and the entrepreneurs and residents have really diverse experience they have built dental clinics, global scale tech companies, local or national and scaled nonprofits and social enterprise, some focused in food security or food industry writ large, women's health, fundraising, racial justice. There's, there's a real like blend and diversity of experience on the team. And we really just pair you up with the right person at the right time to help you grow your organization. Interesting. Um, so we're going to switch focus a little bit. We talked about the funding side. So tell us a little bit about Thrive Impact Fund, who and what that fund is for and how that came to be. Great question. So there's a big capital gap in growing any organizations, whether it's for-profit or non-profit. One of those well-known capital gaps in particular is uh money going to women-led enterprise and organizations. Hmm. So Thrive Impact Fund, as an example, is meant to help uh, put money into organizations uh, that have a gap in raising capital. And that happens both in nonprofit or for-profit. So right. Thrive Impact Fund is a collaboration with Scale Collaborative. They're an organization out on the island. Right. And so we, we launched um, at the end of last year, launched this impact fund. We've raised about two and a half million dollars so far. We've started investing, deployed about 900,000 into organizations on the island so far in lower mainland. We just with support from Interior Savings uh, have opened up the fund here in the interior. They made a big uh, local investment commitment. Um, 
So it's investing into organizations that are using uh, their operation to solve environmental, social, and cultural challenges. So a couple examples, um, we invested in a nonprofit called Water Rangers that does that sells water testing kits all across the country. They've just expanded here to BC. And so you can, there's very, very little actual water testing in our local waterways. And so it's part of a citizen science movement and they needed some money so that they could buy these kits. Right. So that when, when you buy one, you don't have to wait so long to get it. So they just right. needed a little working capital. Interesting. So is all the funding raised through investors? Is there any government involvement? Is there, is there government funding through the program as well or not? There is no government funding through Thrive Impact Fund yet. Okay. Um, maybe that will come, but at present, it's all foundations or credit union, private family foundations, uh, private individuals have put money in to invest in social impact. And they're they're taking a lower return on their investment yeah. um, to support impact first organizations. And it's a loan, not, right. not a grant. Right. So they do get the money back. Right. Um, and there's just this big gap. I, th I think like less than 10%, I think it's 2% of venture money goes to women led organizations. Wow. Um, and it's even worse if I, if you're, you know, black, indigenous, person of color, uh, the the numbers are are just kind of atrocious. And so, Andrew, what's your role with Thrive Impact Fund? Are you actively working within the fund? It sounds like you're wearing a couple different hats. Do you spend some time purple sometimes? So, what's your role with when it comes to Thrive Impact Fund? Um, purple is a co-owner of okay. Thrive Impact Fund. Okay. And. I rep so we represent the fund okay. here in the interior primarily. Okay. okay. And so we're helping to raise investment and find organizations that are looking for investment. Um, so yeah, my role is uh, uh, <laughs> I wouldn't say volunteer, but pretty close <laughs> to at this okay. point in, in the fund development. Yeah. Um, it's a really needed piece of our ecosystem. There's a big capital gap right. in, in putting organization, putting funding into organizations that are doing impact first. Yeah, because you can have all the coaching you want, but if some of them are, if you don't have the funding to grow, sometimes it's hard to kind of be sustainable too, right? So, yeah. Yeah, and um, when you go to try to get money as it as a growing organization whether you're for profit or non-profit yeah you know oftentimes a bank or credit union will be looking for personal guarantee yes and if you've overcome so many barriers to lead an impact first organization i mean have to put your house on the line as well is a big ask and yeah. and some uh Incorporation models don't even allow that. If you're a co-op or if you're a nonprofit, you literally can't do that. Mm. So yeah, there's some real gaps. Um, and even for for-profit entrepreneurs, like, you know, I don't want to put my house on the line. No, for sure. 
for sure. No, that's fair. If you I mean, even have a house, there's privilege. Okay. Now there's privilege in having a house. I was going to say that. That was just going to say two things on that. One is some people might not even have ownership in a home nowadays. Or I know, you know, I used to I used to work in one of the traditional banks way back when. If you don't fit into this little box, you don't qualify, right? And exactly. a lot of companies you work with don't fit into this little box, right? So, right, and and to be honest, some of that is not totally because the credit union, for example, doesn't want right. to support you. They're right. actually limited by the financial act by what they're allowed to do. Yep. And so this, uh, like into your savings, as an example, put right. money into our fund because we have different rules. We can be more risk tolerant right. um, and accept lower returns. Um, yeah. So it it's a nice collaboration. It's important money going into community. Um, yeah, really important. Interesting. So Andrew, I'm curious if we can, if we go back a little bit, where did your journey begin? Like where, where's, where's, where's home? Where, where, where was, uh, where were you born? Like what's, what's your journey there? Um, I, I grew up in a very small place called Rednersville, Ontario. Okay. It is now, it is part of Prince Edward County, which is a fast growing wine region now. Back then it was farms and beaches and lakes. Yeah. <laughs> so it's come a long way. Um, but I, did my undergrad and master's under undergrad out at Dalhousie in Halifax, a right. master's in, in Kingston. Um, and yeah, my first job out of school was, was selling photocopiers for Xerox. And that was a place to learn a lot. Um, but it was, it, it was a great place to learn and also a great place to leave. Um, <laughs> I'm a bit of a tree hugger and, and I, you know, I was selling machines that like literally spit out piece, little pieces of tree as fast as right. possible. Right. And so I'm very grateful for the learning, but very grateful to be doing something different now. So what brought you to Kelowna? What brought you to the Okanagan? Was it the mountains and my brother? He moved here oh, okay. before me. So what, what, were you in the role with Xerox when you came to Kelowna or did you? No, I was hired by Accelerate Okanagan. Okay. Uh, hired remotely to move from Ontario. Uh, here to the Okanagan and I worked for Accelerate Okanagan for several years uh, helping to develop and run the entrepreneur mentorship and coaching programs um, for the tech sector. Interesting. And that that was where I was really exposed to other growing movement of other types of entrepreneurs and there's some overlap there but right. uh, you know the Okanagan has an awesome technology sector and the interior broadly, Kamloops included. Um, and it, it's, it's like really inspiring and energizing to, to like be a part of that for years. And it kind of bleeds into right. much of the rest of the community that, that sort of entrepreneurial vibe. Are you still involved with Accelerate Okanagan or not at all? Uh, let's say we're good friends. Okay. <laughs> yeah, we, we do lots of sharing back and forth because we, you know, we're running similar organizations at this point, just really supporting uh, different uh, right. entrepreneurs. Interesting. So did you have, I'm always curious, did you have entrepreneurship in the family? Like, did you, did you see like, a, you know, you've taken this path, even Xerox, I know actually quite a bit of people, fair, funny enough that good friends that have worked in that industry and 
kind of said the same thing as you, like you really good coaching, you really learn a lot. And then it's nice to leave and kind of go into another, but it's, it's almost like it, it's very business focused at the old though, though, right. It's almost like an entrepreneur side, but I'm curious, like, do you have that in your, did you have that in your family? Yeah. The, the, the older I get, the more I, I recognize that that was an important influence for me. Mm-hmm. Uh, my, my parents uh, built uh, together a, a chain of private business colleges in Ontario called Ontario Business College. And it was really, um, they, they focused on training for roles like admin assistant, dental assistant, right. that sort of thing. And uh, that really shaped my perspective. We saw sort of some big ups right. uh, and then ultimately a very big down uh, and the company went bankrupt um, mm-hmm. a couple decades in. So really big swings of right. uh, the positives and negatives of that. Um, but yeah, it, it's humbling. Yeah. Very humbling. Watch my, my parents get very humbled uh, by it. And my dad in particular. And that was part of the influence. But, you know, on the side, I see other smaller things. When we were kids, they started a soccer club because our the town didn't have a soccer club like a little nonprofit, you know, what I see now is a little social enterprise because, you know, parents pay money for soccer. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, the, the older I get, the more I recognize those influences. And my, my brother uh, also runs a social enterprise here in town called Elevation Outdoors. Okay. So it's in the family now. Seems that way. (laughs) I'm curious, actually, as you started Purple, is there if you look back now, um, were there areas that really surprised you good or bad? Like you're like, I got into this and I didn't, I didn't expect this to happen. Is there anything that really stands out for you? Um, there's a few things. One, one of the most pleasant ones is sometimes there's like a bit of a, a animosity between mm-hmm. let's call it the business crowd and the nonprofit crowd because you know in so many ways we see one taking from the other yeah and uh really we have seen some wonderful collaboration emerge between entrepreneurs and nonprofits, and even overlap between you know organizations working on the same system issues but incorporated differently right and we we really see a sort of meet in the middle around social entrepreneurship as a concept of, you know, nonprofit leaders look at it and it's like, okay, we could add customer revenue as part of our revenue mix right. and still benefit from grants and donations and all the rest. And a for-profit entrepreneur looks at social entrepreneurship and it's like, oh, like I could really deeply embed purpose into this and still have control over my company. And in an environment of very divisive politics as well, mm-hmm. we see incredible support from both sides of the political spectrum of, oh, this makes sense. Yeah, we need sustainable organizations and we need social purpose baked in. Interesting. Interesting. Now, it was pleasant when you got into that because I never thought about the kind of the 
crossroads there that of the two sides, for lack of a better word, but it's nice that there's you've seen opportunities for them to kind of coexist and work together. Yeah, that's been a really nice uh, sort of long-term yeah. learning. And there's a couple others. One is how many people want, they want purpose. You know, right. employees want it. Um, they want to work in purpose. People want to see change on climate. They want to see change uh, on things like reconciliation or, or indigenous relationships. In a week where, where the Pope is here in Canada apologizing for you know, mm -hmm. their role in removing 150,000 kids uh, from families uh, with thousands going missing or, or, or dead, there's a lot of people that actually want real change on that. Mm -hmm. And this move, this social purpose movement is part of that change. It's, it's part of the equity that, that is our future. And, and it's just kind of tremendous to see how many people want that both whether you're conservative or liberal or NDP or whether you're, you know, grown up in the nonprofit sector or grown up in small business, grown up in the city, grow, grew up in, in a rural community, th there's a ton of common ground on, yeah, let's work on these system problems and use all the tools that we can. Interesting. Interesting. That's a, that's a great, uh, it's, that's a pleasant surprise if that's what you discovered as you were going through this for sure that's awesome interesting interesting yeah. um i do have a, a couple more questions but before we do have, uh, i'm cognizant of time i do want to i mentioned we're going to get to know you a little bit more we, we play a game called would you rather I have 10 questions they're sort of fun questions and and first thing that comes to mind so um we're going to start would you rather have a pause or rewind button in your life pause Possibly. Would you rather be forced to sing along or dance to every single song you hear? Sing. <laughs> In a heartbeat. <laughs> I can dance too, but sing for sure. Um, would you rather read the book or watch the movie? Read the book. Are you reading anything now? Are you reading great right now? Anything on that? I am listening a lot. Yeah, yeah, okay. I'm same way with you. Um, would you rather would you rather be able to read minds or predict the future? read minds i would say be careful if you want to read minds scary one might be in someone's head <laughs> <laughs> um are you the funniest person in the room or the smartest person in the room neither <laughs> you're just in the room yeah usually quiet yeah fair enough i'm with you um would you rather have the power to be invisible or able to fly fly um would you rather never use social media again or never be able to watch a movie again i would rather never be able to use social media again where's your are you rather be stranded in the jungle or the desert the jungle there's water oh yeah i was saying today's heat it's like we're in the desert yeah uh you have to give up coffee or wine which one would it be or say beer coffee or beer slash wine coffee okay and last one you're only be able to use a fork, no spoon for the rest of your life, or a spoon and no fork for the rest of your life. Which one's it going to be? A fork. Yeah, I'm with you. Because see, I think I ask everybody this question. I'm like, anything that I can eat with a spoon, I think I can drink it. There you go. 
That's what my mind goes to. And you can get the bits with the fork and then tilt the bowl out. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> awesome. Um, I'm curious uh, if you look back on your career and you've mentioned a little bit, you, you've mentioned your parents and you know your brother, but is there, do you have mentors? Do you have anyone that you really look up to that's, that's helped you through the last, you know, as you started Purple and as you, have you gone into this sort of new venture? Is there someone you can look, or right now, or maybe there's someone that still, you, you can pick up the phone or send an email to when you're, when you're, you got something straight across your mind or struggling with. Yeah. So at the start of, I guess, just before the pandemic, I, uh, my wife and I uh, were pregnant for our first daughter. And one of my team members uh, literally said, hey, Andrew, I think you need some coaching. Mm. And she's been helping me since then. Um, so that was pretty in-house and continue to work with our team to essentially I'm going through the, the work that yeah. we provide to others. Yeah. I'm like doing it myself. So that's been a really that's cool big learning journey and other than that um you know in our work alongside that charity we mentioned earlier indigenize um work with their program manager kelly and she's been a tremendous sort of teacher as right. we learn along this journey of building relationships together She's been a tremendous influence for me and very, very humbling indeed um, to be learning from wonderful Indigenous women. But yeah, that that's, hmm. yeah. When I, would, I would think that um, a, a lot of the people you work with or are working with would be pretty inspiring too, like the stories that you must hear in, in the, you know, the organizations and the journeys, like that would be inspiring in itself. Yes, I mean, uh, in a good coaching relationship, it's it it is definitely not a one way thing. It, it's a, it's it's a learn and share journey. So we learn, I learn a tremendous amount uh, by working alongside, some, honestly, some amazing people who are who are doing very very important work in the region and beyond. Interesting. Um, last question. Uh, what's in store what's the future for purple the thrive fund like where, where are you hoping to be in the next few years like what what's what's on the, the vision board for you uh in the next few years uh we want to see real meaningful change in the structure of the economy you know mm -hmm. we want the status quo of the community to be just regenerative sustainable and it's really not right now right so i think it's coming there's a big movement uh behind this uh people of all stripes and all backgrounds um it's quite inspiring and will we grow as an organization yes we will um but we will grow together alongside many other people who are also working in this movement you can't you can't change things like homelessness or climate change alone it is a movement that has to change it with many, many small hands. So we intend to be a great ally, a great partner in building, you know, an equitable, just sustainable community that supports, you know, clean air, water, 
planned. Hmm. Gonna be that, that's amazing what you're what you're doing. I really do. I find it inspiring too because it's it's sometimes you're at a loss even what to do. Like you, you know, it's daunting sometimes. Like you said, homelessness. Like you know, what what can you do as an individual? But like you said, as you work together, it can't be done. It's like you know, but bunch of individuals together. Now there's a movement and there's power to that, right? So there is a movement, and and Thrive Impact Fund is part of that, amongst others. Right. But there's capital needed, and uh, there's increasing capital available uh, to support a movement like this, and. I'm so excited that it's here. This is happening around the world. These small little place-based impact right. funds that raise money in their own communities and deploy it in their own communities. There's very little of that happening and it's happening here now. It's really exciting. It We're just getting started. That's awesome. Well, Andrew, thank you so much for joining me today. It's uh, love learning about sort of your journey. And I know we just touched on that, but the work you're doing through Purple uh, and the Thrive Impact Fund and I look forward to seeing and hearing more in the future. I'm sure there'll be more. And, and I, you know, and it educated me today because I definitely, you know, knew the name coming into this and my research, but learned a lot more even just in the last, you know, 35 minutes that we chatted. So thank you for joining me this morning. Great. Thanks for having me. And a big shout out to Valley First for supporting things like this. They've been a huge support of ours for a long time awesome. and uh, they do good things. Excellent. Well, thanks, Andrew. Um, have a great day. Everyone else have a great rest of your day. And thank you for tuning into Business Matters. Thank you. Andrew. We would like to thank your sponsor, Valley First, a division of First West Credit Union and a member-owned financial cooperative serving the Okanagan, Similkameen and Thompson regions. They offer a wide range of banking and investment services for individuals and families. Valley First also has a talented business and commercial team to provide the expertise, products, and services local businesses need to grow and thrive.